0: Hey everyone, welcome and welcome back to the Quaybog Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! So... For those of you that don't know this guy, this is Pastor Dean up here. (laughs) He's in the house.
1: Uh Uh, Kyle, usually in the office when we're together, calls me Most Holy Reverend Father. Most Holy
0: Reverend Father. And I don't make eye contact when I say it, you know. Um, Yeah, Dean uh, pastored this church for about 34 years or so. So uh, he's given a couple decades of his life uh, to serving and loving this community. And so uh, I feel like, well, there's a couple of things. Uh, Doing John chapter 17 today, uh, this is a passage that Dean has memorized uh, in years past and is very important to him and he loves what it speaks to. And so I wanted him to be able to share some of that. But also, I think that we'd be doing a real disservice to our church if we didn't have Dean coming back regularly just to share his heart and um, and share, you thank you. And and again,
1: I know I've said this, but uh, a word about Kyle and Kyle and Brittany, really, that uh, they have welcomed us to stick around and uh, be part of that transitioning, sometimes awkward piece. Uh, Terry and I are learning to retire and, and uh, so just this ah. week, just this week, Terry's over on the couch, and, uh, and then she looks over at me, and I'm uh, on the recliner, and Terry goes, should we feel guilty about this? And, and here, here's Terry's, here's, here's the little line that Terry keeps saying, I haven't been productive today. I
0: haven't been productive. That's pathetic. That is
1: pathetic.
0: That's all you know for several decades, right? I'm enjoying being
1: a slacker. That's what I'm enjoying, Kyle.
0: (laughs) I figured it would work out that way with you, too. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that uh, for me, it's a a great thing to be able to have uh, Dean here and to be able to share because I I have so, so much uh, to learn. Uh, I've got so far to go in my own journey as a pastor and just as a Christian. And Dean has been such a great example. And uh, I I just am, am ecstatic that you are willing to do this and be a part of this. So, all right. So enough about you. That's all you get. That's all the nice words you get. All right. Move on. Yeah, move on. Uh, so today, though, we are looking at John chapter 17. And there's uh, something I think that's like really, really applicable and something that is very valuable for us today. And here's why. In this prayer. Because Christianity over the last few years, uh, especially in America particularly, has been wildly divided. Um, we have been hit by a lot in the last few years. Uh, the cultural and political wars that have happened in America have, have ravaged, in many ways, the American church. Uh, not just our church, um, but just Americans in general that call themselves uh, Christians, followers of Jesus. Um, because in many ways, we have engaged in the cultural and political wars in ways that have done damage to the name of Jesus. Uh, damage to our witness. We've died on hills that we didn't really need to die on um and that i think is something that speaks to where we are today specifically what jesus is going to say i think is that however to that scenario that i just gave you because that is the human story right we want to be on the winning side we want to know that we're right we want other people to be quiet when we know that they're not right in our humble but correct opinion Mm -hmm. right Um, But we want to also listen to the words of Jesus because he's speaking into the future, saying, I know what it's going to be like. I know how humans tend to be. And so I'm going to pray for something that I know is going to be useful across all time, across all cultures, and across all people. And that's unity. Because we live in a culture that is divided, viciously divided. And if you don't agree with me, dot, 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 you hate me. That's where we live, right? That's like, that's what's been developed. And Christians have a choice to make, to either be a part of it or not to be a part of it. Not that you can't engage in culture, not that you can't engage in politics, but how are you going to do it? And how as a church, so just think this local church, how are we going to engage in that? How are we going to treat other believers in this church that we don't uh, agree with, right? Because think about unity. Unity is something that's usually forged through difficulty, right? You think sports, you think the military, right? You think survivors of trauma or natural disasters, right? You think people that have walked through something together. They have a shared experience. And that is generally, you'll see come out of that is this unity that is so, so tight and really long lasting because they made a choice to unite in that difficulty. And I think that 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ prayed for us specifically, It's like him saying, I know what it's going to be like. I I know I've already said this, but it's like, I just want you to let that sink into your soul, that Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, before he's going to go to the cross, he's like, man, I know it's going to be difficult in 2022. Man, I know the pandemic is going to come and it's going to wreck the world. So I want to pray for those believers that are going to listen to the message of my disciples and they're going to believe because of what they say. I just, I love that, that care and that concern for us because we've been given something eternal fellow Christians, if you're a Christian in here, we've been giving something given something of eternal weight. And I think it would do us well to live like that. To die over the things that are eternal. And to be very humble and open-handed with things that are not eternal. I think it would do us really well and I think it would do the kingdom of God really well to have that mindset. Mm. Now I don't always do that This is not a holier-than-thou speech. I am a very passionate person if you push the right buttons in my life. And uh, I don't always do that part well. But I'm always trying to grow in that direction. Like I said, I've got a lot of growth. I've got a lot of learning to do myself. Um, But when I think of unity, it's like, okay, what about Christians? What about this church? Um, Because when we have a mission as big as one that affects eternity, here's what I was thinking this week on this next one, PJ. Unity brings strength and it brings resolve. When you're unified man it's like you can do anything right and when you're not unified when you see disunity or when you see division that brings really it brings weakness and indecision you're incapable of completing the mission if you're not on the same page right like watch a football game like watch the patriots i hope today they are, there's all kind of disunity today because they're playing the browns and i hope the browns <laughs> The Browns are just full of unity and strength and resolve, and the Patriots are all over the field. Okay, They're incomplete... okay, okay. You get the point. You get the point. Wow. Yeah. Lord Jesus, could you just no? <laughs> no but... That's
1: not the prayer. All oh, right, right. We're
0: back. All right, John 17. All right, we're on. We're focused. We're on. We're on mission here. Um, but when you see that, yeah, it's messy. Uh, it is really, really messy, and it's, it's near impossible to accomplish any kind of goal. So if we have one as big as eternity, man, we should really be leaning into unity as followers of Jesus Christ with one another. Uh, and so well, unity, again, is like it, there are differences. Because here's the thing. Differences are always going to be there. That's inevitable. Andy Stanley, uh, he always has these great little one-liners. Differences are inevitable. Division is a choice right differences are inevitable but division that's us this is me right there or that's like that's this is us that's them over there but there's a chasm here dividing and being separate like that as far as the body of Christ goes that's a decision that we have to make so we have to decide are we going to be unified around Jesus Christ or are we going to like separate into our camps and try to unify around our opinions right and our politics mm-hmm. because that's what's been happening in the last couple of years and it's not good we need to rally around Jesus and that's what i think again we can take out of john 17 so these are just kind of some opening thoughts that i had about when i see unity when i think about unity uh, and the choice that we have when it comes to that and i wanted dean again to come this morning and and share just how how has this landed on him like over the years as he's thought about that because this passage generally speaking to give us a framework the first one it breaks down into kind of three different um sections verses one through five he's praying about his relationship with the father the unity there because that's where the unity starts with God, right? And we should think about that as well in our relationship with each other. And then secondly, this biggest section of this prayer is about his disciples and what they're about to go step out into, a very anxious and and fearful world that is completely rejecting Jesus. So, praying for them. And then also, I love starting in verse 20, he's praying for those who would eventually believe their message, and that's us. I love this prayer. And I don't know if you knew that Jesus prayed for us, but he does. And so Dean when you um, like big picture just over the years having thought through this and prayed through this and even taught on it, what are some of the big things that, that could jump out for you well
1: what what pushed me prompted me to memorize this is I wanted earlier in ministry I wanted to learn how to pray the way Jesus prayed like how does Jesus pray? Now that's in itself is interesting because how does God the Son, talk to God the Father, and we get to listen in. And just listen, how does he talk to the Father? How did Jesus pray? And then to back that up even more, why would he pray? Why would Jesus Christ pray? Why would he? He's God. And yet the Gospels record, starting right out in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, that while it was still dark, Jesus would get up in the morning and go out and and pray. When the night before he was to choose his 12 apostles, he spent all night praying. Why would God, God the Son, why would God pray? I know why I prayed early in my walk, in my journey, probably you too, because I needed to. I was in trouble or I wanted something. A lot of my prayers are trying to convince... God and Terry. God God and Terry. The difference between what I want and what I need. And so I found myself praying stuff that I wanted and God being silent. And so I wanted to learn how, well, how did Jesus pray? Number one. And then why would he pray? Why? Why would God the Son pray? And, and, uh, I think I've got a, a, a good chunk of the answer and it is, it wasn't because of need, because he was God. and He could have spoke it, spoken it. But he did it because relationship. We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows uh, what happened. That, that moment, that split second when God the Son, God, the second person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, always existing for all eternity past, but God the Son, and God would change that day. God the Son became human being. And then uh, in that awful, awful moment when Jesus would hang on a cross, and again, God the Son talking to God the Father. My God, my God, quoting Psalm 22. Why have you forsaken me? And whatever was happening there, uh, that piece, of, that's what drew me to memorize uh, this section, this, uh, hmm. this prayer in particular. What we call the Lord's Prayer is the disciples' prayer, really. Uh, the, uh, the Matthew chapter 6, Our Father who art in heaven hallowed. That prayer that we learned is not Jesus praying. It was Jesus teaching us how to pray. And when, if you want to know how Jesus
0: himself prayed,
1: it is John chapter 17.
0: So you think relationship is the big theme that you, early on, drew you and, and
1: I realized, Kyle, I, just as a young pastor, and I remember asking this, but a young pastor, that I needed, I needed to know who God was and to get close to him.
0: And so you were well into ministry by the time you oh, got prayer, it was really about relationship? I,
1: I said that to you earlier, Yes. Mm. Because Kyle had asked me earlier, "When did you get that?" And not, it wasn't until I'd been a pastor for I don't know how long, uh, but for years before I realized, no, prayer is not just about praying. Mm. Prayer is about relationship, and we and that is why Jesus is saying these words. It's relationship. Mm. What are, What are some other themes that
0: yeah. that stick out for you? Yeah.
1: So uh, what I did is just to look through uh, Jesus' prayer. And look at what I believe are key words or key phrases Mm -hmm. in how Jesus prayed. And the first one, the first one is his first word, Father. And he says, Father, six times. Father, Holy Father, Righteous Father, Father. And Jesus in this relationship with God, the Father, relationship is what he was emphasizing. The second word for me is glory. Glory, uh, and it—it's this. Uh, Jesus did not start, and you're going to mention this uh, later, Kyle. But Jesus didn't start when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. Jesus existed eternally with the Father, and—and and what Jesus would have been used to is receiving the praise and worship of the angels of heaven, and he gave that up to come down and be mocked by human beings. If you uh, just don't you marvel. Mm -hmm. that he would allow himself to be discredited and and made fun of and and just kind of shoved aside by the religious elites when he was God. Mm -hmm. And so for me, another key word in this passage is glory. You're going to talk about another key uh, phrase, eternal life, and and what that means. Mm -hmm. And then just two further uh, for me, authority that you will talk some about, uh, sanctify. Mm -hmm. And for me, sanctify, when's the last time you used that word? sanctify it. Kyle looks at me and you want to say
0: that, don't I you? Do. Yeah. I do. I, I use it daily with Brittany. Um, <laughs> it's just in regular conversation for us. Uh, we never use that word, no, we, sanctify. We use old King James English at home. Yeah, uh, really? Yeah, really. we do. Yes. Yeah. The broadest forth of yeah. right. yeah. Superfluity of naughtiness. Superfluity and, yeah, of naughtiness. things naughty. like this. Yeah, evil concupiscence. <laughs> uh,
1: and uh, so the idea that Jesus receives uh, glory is, is a, a big deal. And to be sanctified uh, as separated for God. And then just one final one for me. And, and this is how Jesus' prayer ends in verse 26. Uh, it has to do with Jesus dwelling in his followers. And uh, I just remember in a, in a setting that is like being in church. And I was the pastor, and I was uh, talking to a, a child, and uh, who wanted to know Jesus as their Savior. And I used this phrase: uh, I, I asked them to say to Jesus, "Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart? Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart?" And I was challenged afterwards by uh, another gentleman who said, Dean, you know that inviting Jesus in your heart is never in the Bible. Why did you do that with that little boy? How would you answer that?
0: Well, Pastor Dean did it.
1: (laughs) And I would later uh, discover, indeed, it is in Scripture. It is in three different places. Here in John 17, it's in Ephesians chapter 3 and in Colossians chapter 1, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love will grow up in all aspects to him. And then Jesus saying it twice here that he might indwell his believers. And that's his finishing statement in this prayer and that he would dwell in them. Uh, And so the presence of Jesus Christ in your life is, uh, is not only a big deal. But is from Scripture, mm-hmm. and I had backed up on it that day because I could not give a kind of a uh, scriptural proof for it. But Jesus mentions that three different times right. here. So for me, those are some of the key uh, pieces okay. in the in here, and you're going to be uh, dwelling on at least three of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So those are like those are really important words that do pop up quite a bit. And mm-hmm. as Jesus gets into um, verse one here, uh, an interesting thing I wanted to point out to us is. Uh, he's going to pray about his relationship with the Father. And in verse 1, he starts out this way. Uh, it says, he looked up to heaven, is how that starts. And so I think that's much different than, for most of us, what we, there. how many of you are familiar with that phrase, with, with every head bowed and every eye closed, right? And this idea that when we pray, we need to have our eyes closed and we need to have our heads bowed. That's just a cultural thing that is kind of, it's not only American, but certainly is American and been right. taught. and. There's an act of reverence there and respect, and, and I get that. But the problem, though, is what you see in the Bible is just the opposite. Uh, often when you see Jesus pray, he's looking up. Paul would say, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up, right, free your anger and malice. And it's like, so you have this idea that it's much more expressive, and it's much more uh, than just this kind of solemn thing. It's really a relational thing. And so that was something early on that freaked me out, because Dean, if you don't know, uh, like, he'll be talking to you, and then all of a sudden he'll be praying, like, right through your face, you know? And that can feel confusing, because it's like, <laughs> is he talking to me, or is he talking to God right now? Uh, right? And so why do you do that?
1: that? Well, first of all, you, you, you when, when I did that with you and Brittany, when we first came down yeah, to, to in Boone, North Carolina. And,
0: yeah, we're just trying to talk like normal people. And then Dean just, like, starts praying at us. And I'm like, I put my hands together and, like, started to bow my head. And I looked at Brittany for some reassurance, like, he's praying, right? And I'm like, I mean, you know, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it isn't like I'm trying to start this crazy cult
1: thing. It is just, it is just. I'm like, we can't move to Massachusetts, honey, right? You can't. As I, as I was just noticing, observing when Jesus prayed, he did kneel and he put his face right on into the the ground when he was in the garden of gethsemane but in in uh, mark chapter 7 it, he looks up when he prays when in john chapter 11 when he raises lazarus from the dead he looks up when he prays he looked up as much as he looked down when he prayed and and when i w- became aware of that again my goal is not to be weird or start weird things it is simply I just want to be like Jesus. I'm not. I'm not Jesus. You think I, I, I'm Pretty not. You've got me convinced, bro. <laughs> but to, just to, to be aware and alert and, and to, to do things with a purpose rather than do them because right. that's, that's the way we always do it.
0: And I think it's been super, super helpful for me, honestly, in like my own prayer life. It's just made it more natural, like, like a it, normal part of how I, I think about praying rather than being like, all right, everybody. Let's bow our heads, <laughs> right? It's like, uh, let's just pray. It's true. Let's just it's talk to true. God, right? If he's here, let's just talk to him. That's right. So that's just helpful for me. Uh, and then in the rest of the verse, it says, and he said, Father, as Dean points out, the hour has come. Uh, you see in many times and five other times in this gospel, he says, uh, either Jesus says or it said about him, the time has not come. Mm. The time has not come. So that's kind of been a theme throughout the gospel of John so far. The time has not come. And now all of a sudden, Jesus is in. It's here. It's here. Now. Mm. About to do this is the purpose, and what is the purpose? Glorify your son, that he may glorify you. And we have to remember, glory is death death. Um, his death was glory, and so that I think is really a, um, a a verse that we can focus in on and say, okay, this is the purpose of what Jesus came for. He himself is saying, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And then he continues on in verse two. He says, since you gave him authority over all people, uh, again. The statement about who he is, like Matthew 28, all authority on earth has been given and in heaven has been given to me. Here again, he says, all authority over all people now, he's saying, has been given to him for what purpose? So that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him.
1: And then he defines eternal life.
0: Right. And then he defines it. Verse three, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, hmm. Jesus Christ. Wow.
1: When you think that, uh, because how would you explain what is eternal life? And eternal life is a relationship with God. That's what you're introducing a person Unity to. with God. Unity with God. When I prayed with Blake outside on Friday, it was that to introduce him to a, a relationship with God. And to explain that is the introduction
0: of eternal life. And that's what the cross is all about creating a bridge between God and man, right? Mm-hmm. Unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he finishes up in verse 5, and he says, Now, Father, glor-, again, here we go. Glorify me in your presence with that glory I had with you before the world existed. So here we're talking John chapter 1, the preexistence of Jesus. Uh, how did Jesus understand himself? That he is the eternal God. That's who Jesus Christ is. He's God eternal. Uh, and we're going to see some of that in how prayer unfolds.
1: And, Kyle, isn't it something with, it's okay. I'm myself. with uh, uh, him making the statement so that when you and I say things like there is only one God, that Yahweh God is not one God among other gods, big gods, little gods. No, no. He's, and, and Jesus says that to the Father, that they may know you, the only true God, not one among other gods. Mm. He's the only true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent. And so that I, that concept, Kyle, that you have brought up here already in teaching through John, he is making a claim, and it's not a put-down mm. any more than you saying, I'm Kyle Sargent, and I'm the only Kyle Sargent probably in this room. Well, Jesus is, was saying, I am Yahweh God, and I am the only God, not only in the room, but anywhere.
0: Right. Pretty bold strong, claim. Bold. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then he gets into the section next uh, that I, I really love. The, 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 and it shows, I think, the love for his disciples. The, 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 like the sense of, I know what they're about to go through. And so I'm bringing them. I'm about to go to the cross, and yet I know what they're going to go through because of this cross. And so I'm going to lift them up in prayer, in the biggest section of this prayer. And so uh, we make a connection here to, in verse 13, of just this, the suffering but also the joy. So he says, now I... This is Jesus praying. I'm coming to you, God. And I speak these things in the world. It's like, so while I'm here, I want to make sure this is said out loud so they can hear it. So that they may have my joy completed in them. So in light of what they're about to face, knowing that the victory um, is going to happen, knowing where this mission goes, he's lifting his guys up and praying his joy over them.
1: And a joy when the following day Jesus would hang on a cross. Right. And in the midst of that, that would be the joy that he would express the night before. Yeah. Not joy because it's
0: hoo going home to heaven. Right. But suffering. Right. Yeah. it's. I just it think. So if you're, if you're struggling right now, and this is where I think it gets really concrete for us. Knowing that if you're struggling, if you're walking through hardship, here's Jesus Christ, who's already lived through much of the hardship that he's praying over, that he's already lived through and experienced. It's like. The care and concern that Jesus actually has for you when you walk through anything, like, I love that. Like, when everybody else is going to abandon you, and he, he says this to his guys, like, you guys are all going to bail on me, and yet I know I'm not alone because God is with me. God will always be with me. And I just, I love that. That reassurance, like, Jesus is like, yeah, there's going to be times in your life where you are all alone. And even the people you love and care about and you think that should be there for you, they're going to bail on you too because they're just people. They're imperfect but I want you to know I'll always be there. I just, I love that in Jesus' prayer and him like speaking that over his guys in this in this section here of just saying, I'll always be with you. I, I just, I love it. Because then he talks about this and this is what I'm talking about. is the power of his name. We sang about it this morning. And then in verse six, he says, I revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. So his disciples, those that were a part of his mission, he revealed his name. In biblical language, that means I revealed you. I revealed Yahweh. How could I do that? Well, because I am Yahweh God. That's how I can reveal the name of Yahweh. Um, That was the plan of salvation. It was the mission that Jesus was on. So I I just love this prayer, how he speaks to that. And then he says in two different places, verse uh, 11 and verse 12, he says, Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Then he says, while I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. Just the power, the protection of God's name. Yeah, Uh,
1: interesting that uh, in just studying and looking through the Psalms, uh, Psalm 20 is uh, a psalm that some of the Hebrew manuscripts uh, put this little caption over. It was one of the royal psalms that David would write, and they would sing these uh, songs psalms to God right before they went into battle, so it's a battle psalm. And here's how David starts out in Psalm 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name, the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from his sanctuary in heaven. And may he send you hope from Zion, his tabernacle in Jerusalem. And then we're familiar with some of the later verses. Some trust in chariots and some in horses to win battles. But we trust in the name of Yahweh, our God. They, who are trusting in horses and chariots and weapons, they are brought to their knees and fall in defeat, but we rise up and stand our ground. And like when, mm. when I read that and realized, no, that's a royal psalm, and that they would sing that as they would put their singers out in front of the battlefield. You know, right. Let them sing, and they would sing that psalm. It's like, wow, right. authority, yeah. his name and protection.
0: Right, and, and when I was talking about this this week with Dean and thinking about this, um i i began to think like i wonder how many of us here at this church i wonder how many of you uh watching you how many here in this room have you ever prayed yahweh's name over your family Mm -hmm. have you ever prayed yahweh's name over yourself over your issues over your requests like have you ever done that have you ever prayed yahweh's name over your enemies because again here it's really hard to hate people that you pray for regularly Mm -hmm. It's super hard.
1: Kyle, it's interesting because a friend of mine just said that to me this weekend. That uh, just at the, at the workplace where there are people that he has to work with. And they're kind of being a pain in the neck. Pain in other body parts too probably. And, and, and so this guy started praying for them. And he said, you know, it's a lot better now. Because he was praying.
0: Yeah, and why though?
1: And praying. Did they change? And he said, I don't think they changed. I think I think
0: so, so it was his heart. He right? was injured, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which right, that's part He's of the process. Pray right? the
1: name of God. Right. Over even lost people.
0: Right. So I I, I don't know, there's so much tied up into this of course, but I think one of the cool things though is just how um, you know Jesus gives us this example, how to pray, how its relationship, the name and the power of God. Um but also the, just the authority that I think that we have that we don't realize, you know, like just the, like the knowing God's name, Yahweh of the old Testament, Y-H-W-H, yod He wav He, right? That's like God's name in the old Testament. We have that. We have the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's power in that, you know, and, uh, and I just don't want us to miss that. I don't want you to miss the name and the power of God in your life and how often it's said, pray this in my name, right? Or using the name of God to make promises in the old Testament, all this kind of stuff. Like, why why do that if there's not power in it, if there's not purpose in and, that?
1: And the disciples that had heard him say that. They had heard him say, I am Yahweh. Mm-hmm. I am uh, at, at this point. Uh, and uh, in, in the same setting that we're in, in John chapter 17, back in chapter 14, uh, Jesus had kind of called out one of his disciples, Philip, because Philip uh, asked uh, kind of a question that was in the room, but uh, then Jesus gave him the look. So Philip says, show us the Father and and that, now, then we'll be happy right. and Jesus says Philip, so he calls him right out Philip, have I been with you this long and you don't know me uh, you know, you're sitting there and if you've seen me you've seen the father because I and the father are one don't ask me this
0: question anymore that would have been awkward I would have been like yeah Philip <laughs> Jeez. what's wrong with yeah, you yeah right Jesus, high five Jesus I get it <laughs> Yeah, so, I know, so, right? I said, Even they were not getting. Right. Because it says was. after the resurrection, some doubted and some believed. They still like, doubted. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? It is. So here's Jesus kind of talking about uh, this this idea of interacting with the world. So he's praying for his disciples, but it's still for us as well. He says in verse 14, I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one, Satan, because, you know, he's a liar. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And then verse 16, they are not of the world. He repeats it, just as I am not of the world. So we need to keep that in mind as we live in the world, that Jesus is prepping his guys. My message, the way I'm calling you to live, this this idea of love and this idea of freedom from sin and death, people are going to hate you for that message. This is still very valid today, 2,000 years later. Uh, It's still not a very popular message, right? Even though people say they're Christians, it's still realistically not a very popular message that Jesus gives. One of complete self-denial and trust and eternal life in one way. I mean, all that messaging, that's not very popular stuff to say. And yet Jesus is just like cramming it down our throats, it can feel like. And he's like, nope, it's just the truth. It's just the truth, and people are going to hate you for it. And so here is like trying to get his guys to understand how difficult it's going to be us, how difficult it's going to be. And then he says in verse uh, 17, sanctify them. So hagiadzo, set aside, separate by the truth. Your word is truth. So if we want to know Jesus, if we want to be able to live on mission and with purpose and with like our right identity, we need to sanctify ourselves. We need to be able to understand that we're set aside for the truth. And then we need to know the truth. We actually need to read it. Right. And sanctify, again, is not a very wor- big word that we use nowadays. Right. But just to it isn't. understand, we the context for
1: sanctify here also is the world. Mm-hmm. And when he's saying you're not you you have to live in the world, these verses, uh, uh, verses nine through 18 is about the distinction of living in the world. But you're not you don't belong there. Right. You don't belong to the world.
0: Right. So what's the world to you?
1: And and so the world for me, uh, just in, up close uh, for Terry and me. Uh, you know how you, you get near retirement and no. we've tried to be I don't know that some of the more mature <laughs> followers of Jesus as you near retirement and as Terry and I get there and we've we've wanted to be uh, fiscally wise and prepared for retirement and all this stuff and the the thought that uh, has been brought to me more than once uh, has been this you 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 have planned and you and you will have things to live on. You'll be able to survive all of that. But here's the thought. Uh, but if I took that all away from you, Dean, because you have, it's come out of your mouth in ministry years, got Jesus, you've got enough. So if I took everything else away from you, if you lived in Ukraine and you had to pack in a backpack everything that you're going to have for the rest of your life, what would you put in your backpack? And I went, okay. So as much as we've tried to be fiscally wise, uh, I've just said out loud to God, and Terry and I have talked about this, it all belongs to Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in the world, but I'm not of this world. Yeah. Uh, I, and I want my investments in heaven because they're never going to be destroyed, my investments in heaven, so to know what world you live in. Mm-hmm. How does it affect you as an almost 40-year-old duffer? Almost, Forty-year-old Kyle, almost
0: forty. Yeah, uh, I um, as a young man, uh, Dean. That's barely out of the, <laughs> barely out of the birth canal for me. Uh, I really, it's in the context of um, my wife, uh, you know, with Brittany, how I am with her, uh, how I am with Asher and Bear, um, just trying to be intentional. Asher hates it sometimes. But trying to be intentional about talking about just ideas that a world just swallows wholesale, um, because what the world is feeding and that's the poison that we're drinking even as christians is wrecking our hearts man it is like tearing our souls apart and the problem though is that we often don't think that there's anything different hmm. even as christians like, we don't realize that that it, it's normal but it's not good right and so we just keep drinking the poison and we keep getting more depressed and more isolated right and we more hostile right and it's like all these kind of things is because that is what's normal in the world and so how can i talk to my kids about things that are normal, but things that are like wildly ungodly and wildly unhealthy for them and not just seem like like the crazy Old Testament prophet railing against all the evil in the world, you know? Like just trying to make it normal and how do I love my wife in a humble way and and how do I lead as a pastor? You know, stepping into pretty big shoes, man. Like, and how do I do that with humility and like, and just like trying to listen to God and, you know, because I'm watching all these other pastors go out, go down in flames for all these moral issues and it's like, God, I'm not any different from them. You know, like I'm not, I'm just a guy. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's like, I, I'm, so I see all that. And it's like, and that's what the world has given those pastors. Like you're talking themselves into drinking the poison. And so I'm like, oh God, would you just please protect me from that? You know, don't let me wreck all the great things that, you know, you're doing in this church body. So that's one. you know, when I see the world as kind of the immediacy of that kind of stuff uh, for me right now. Right. And, and I see and this right here at PJ, put that up real quick and we'll close with a couple other points here. That, uh, the next one. So be different. Quavoc church fellow follower of Jesus or even one exploring Jesus the world doesn't need more of the same we got plenty of that and we can see what it's doing to us here's what the world needs fellow Christians is Christians they need light they need hope they need something different so that they can say well this is normal and then they can see somebody lovingly say i know but there's a better way than normal right like we got to have the courage to live that way and to live these things out but I, it's really difficult because we're drinking the juice sometimes too but Jesus is saying be different. And what I love as he ends this here, this prayer is, uh, again, to make it connect for us is verse 20. Uh, Next one. He says, I pray not only for these, his disciples right then and there, but also for those who believe in me through their word. I love that. 2000-year-old prayer, man, pointing right smack at me. I just, I love that. And then verse 21, he says that they may all be one, right? That they may all be one as you father are in me and i am in you he was praying look at this next quote here he was praying for a unity of love a unity of obedience to god and his word and a united commitment to his will that's what he wants for followers of jesus that's what he wants for us is that we'll be united in that kind of mission not just drinking the juice of culture and being like well i guess this is normal as everything falls apart because we're just kind of buying into that
1: for me in summarizing and putting this together kyle uh, statement that i realize about myself
0: i speaking about mission
1: that i am more on mission when i am in prayer when i am because not, of the
0: race, relational nature of it no question yeah
1: that i am more on mission when i am being disciplined and intentional yeah because of the relationship with god in prayer not just cranking out prayers right you know that you can crank out a prayer you can be pastoral in how you pray oh yeah hey pastor
0: Kyle, can you pray for us yeah yeah, right. yeah. you yeah. know how to do that oh yeah you, you bet hold it. i got a
1: pastoral prayer card i can do it absolutely yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and not to do that right but to be uh on mission yeah with relationship with god because i say i know what i am and i know who i am without jesus yeah and it's not good
0: right yeah so here's some uh, closing thoughts here for us. Um, just things that were bouncing around in my heart. Um, let, actually, let's go back to the one that says, don't let the world rip us apart. No, that's one for me that um, was big. Don't let the world rip us apart. There's too much at stake. And here's a good saying for me. This is what I've been thinking about. Stay humble, follow Jesus. Say, say that again. So stay humble, follow Jesus. Yeah. We're going to make t-shirts. Yeah. It's going to be great. So uh, it- <laughs> yeah.
1: This, this is like what Kyle said a few years ago, and, and, when, and
0: now you can finish this.
1: Jesus wins. The end. Okay, this is another one of those statements. What right.
0: does it say? Stay humble. We you go. said it. Maybe said a bug. Well, yeah. All right, and then some, here we go. Some things that I, again, specific, specifically this, this passage. We must take Jesus as he is, not as we've made him to be. Uh, two, be different. Like I said earlier, the world's got enough of the same. The world needs Jesus. Uh, Like we just said, stay humble, follow Jesus. Uh, Unity, remember, on our mission together as Christians, what is important? We need unity because that brings strength and resolve. Disunity brings weakness and indecision. Mm -hmm. It renders the church useless and not a part of the mission that has eternal weight. And then lastly, unite around the things that matter. Jesus, his commands, and his big C church, which also includes the little C church, us. So the global church, those that are followers of Jesus, but also here. How do we treat each other? How do, we, how do we talk with one another when we disagree, Even over sin matters, even over theological or biblical matters?. True, true. You want to pray? Yeah, can you? Hey, can you pray? Make it relational, make it, make it. Uh, I didn't
1: say uh, in this service, but do you know that the prayer Jesus just prayed here, 26 verses, if for you to say it passionately takes three and a half minutes. I've said it hundreds of times. Three and a half minutes, a little over if you go crazy. Uh, three and a half minutes. And Jesus would take three and a half minutes to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you stand? <laughs> and thank you uh, for those of you at home for joining us today. But Lord, I I say thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that somehow you inspired John to, to be able to record this so that we can listen in. Mm. On how God the Son would speak with God the Father. And how you would talk about what would matter. And it would happen on the night before you would lay your life down as a sacrifice for all of human sin. Wow, Jesus. Thank Mm. you. Thank you. Thank you that you'd look into the future and and see Kyle and and redeem him. That Mm -hmm. you'd look into the future and see Dean and and redeem him. Thank you that you'd teach us how to talk to our Heavenly Father Mm -hmm. honestly about what matters. Yeah. Uh, we love you here, Jesus. Thank you yes, that Lord. you love your people, and thank you that we're your church. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And thanks, Pastor Dean, for thank stepping you. in today. Thank you, Pastor Kyle. Yeah.
0: Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.